listening to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hey, all you car fiends and gearheads, welcome to Driven Radio Show, coming to you live. Well, live for us, not live for you. Recorded live. Recorded live from the Kansas City Mecham Auction I'm walking around, seeing all kinds of stuff that I don't need since I've filled up my garage. Well, to find need, need is, you know, sometimes it's for the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that we're sitting 10 feet from a bright yellow Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is your hood. I may be having a moment. <laughs> need a little time alone. With us, we've got David Morton, manager of event marketing and communications. And the guy who spoils me rotten and lets me get away with murder at all the Meekum uh, events that I go to. So nice. Thank you. Uh, and it just takes great care of us. Always make sure that John Cramen's available for us when you've got big sales coming up. And has helped us out so much. And I, I, I must have sailed under a lucky sign because David's been so good to us. And we're glad to have him with us. Thank you. I'm glad you guys are here. It's wonderful to have a, a podcast uh, originate from uh, the floor. Uh, we're happy to do it. Now, we're on day three of the sale. You've been yes. here Thursday, Friday, today, Saturday morning. How have things been going? We have a record 860 cars consigned wow. to the auction. Oh we announced God. it as a three-day 700-car auction, mm-hmm. and there's 860 cars. Does that mean you block. have to work overtime tonight? Well, overtime doesn't mean you get overpaid. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we know that? <laughs> So, no, we'll be here until probably the TV show concludes uh, at 5 o'clock, so we'll be here until probably after 6. And uh, how many cars are going to go through just today? I think the number is 320 or 330. Wow. Wow. That's moving a lot of iron. Yeah, so we did 340, 350 yesterday. We did almost 200 on Saturday uh, on Thursday. And I assume some of the more desirable or star cars will be a little later in the afternoon right usually two to four one to three time okay. frame yeah. and what's your favorite have you looked around and picked something else that you want to have for yourself chrysler woody oh um, you two you two <laughs> bring it on keep talking yeah <laughs> mopar finks <laughs> no 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 that's not i don't i mean yeah is that mopar sure i guess but yeah. It's it's a it's a woody wagon. Yeah. So yeah. it's the it's the it's a mahogany. It's on the side of the car. That's my appeal. Mahogany. Yes. Hey, Dad. You know when I got off the phone with you twenty minutes ago, you said you were going to pass today. You missed out on a woody wagon. There you go. Yeah. That's the only time that you go for work on your car at Lowe's. <laughs> True. Uh, my mom has has been pretty stern about don't you let your father buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm an enabler, and I'm proud of it. Well, and as are we. <laughs> and we just tell, you know, if she doesn't want to you to buy a car, leave her home. Now, well, before we get but, to... But, but this is why we've got Meekum online. True. Before we get too far out here, I, I need you to tell me a little bit more about that Chrysler. Okay. Uh, your favorite one. Well, I literally walked walk by. Oh, I, I, okay. And I'll go find and get some more details. Or get your, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a Saturday car. Uh, 52, maybe? Mark looks like he's going to take uh, off his headphones here in a second. Yeah, that's it's, a, it's, a, it's a sedan, not a, not a wagon, which I would prefer the wagon. But that was the one that caught my eye so far. Sedan's nice. cool, though. Yeah. yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. So have you seen any preliminary numbers? Have you been? Uh, I have not. Okay. Yeah, so. No, we really, it's a, it's a three-day auction. 
Yeah. And I, I don't mean to simplify it, but for us, it's a three-day auction. Well, I didn't auction. know if you, if you tallied as you went or if you would. We do, but we, we, don't, we don't divulge. Okay. So, yeah. So, we just go by day well, by no, day. Well, no, no, no. I wasn't asking for specifics. I was just going to say, <laughs> has it been decent? We're okay. Good. Yeah, I mean, we're okay. I mean, it, it mean, everyone knows that everything's different. And why it's different, we don't know. But we're all saying it's different, so I guess we're assuming well, that then it's different. I'll go out on a limb and bet that some of the crummy weather we've been having in the last two days have been super cold, rainy, verging on icy, and you know, fog so thick you could barely see your hand in front of your face this morning. It might slow people down, but it's starting to clear off, so... Yeah, crowds were good yesterday, and they look good today. And it looks and it and, looks like and, it might warm want, up a yeah. bit. And what we want, I mean, and, but at the same time, bad weather outside brings people inside. Yeah, and argument that, and, could be made either way. And so, and, and and at this point, also, if you think about the seasonal, if the guy is from the Midwest and it's it's November, you know, first week of December, yeah, you could be buying with the anticipation of restoring or working on a project, yeah, or knowing that you're not going to drive that car for four plus months. That's kind of the way I'm looking at it, uh, because in my budget, uh, it's going to be worked on. No matter what I buy, it's going to be to work. <laughs> and that's what I was kind of hoping for still this, uh, this winter, is to find something that uh, I like and that I can put in the garage and, and do some work on and then have it ready for spring. So, yeah, what, this is the perfect place to do that, except these cars look like they're all... Uh, you know, some nice cars here. Yeah, they're not going to need much work. We are sitting right in front of the booth for Mecham Financial. Mark, money down, monthly payments. Money down, <laughs> monthly payments. <laughs> I need to go have a talk. <laughs> so, so to that reference point, what you're sitting at is what's called the Mecham Service Station. Yes. So what this is is the, the gathering point of people that, have inf- that need information about bidding, consigning, finance, transport, all one location. And then what we also do then is use this as a focal point to bring people into the mix for tours or other activities. They're all centered around this position. Well, and the other thing you have here is transportation. If you're here from out of town, you want to send the car someplace else, Meekum can do that as well. Correct. Yeah, it's a partnership that we have with McAllister's that's been probably four years in the making. Mm-hmm. But we realized that there was so much vehicles that we, through consigners, were saying, hey, we need to get them to the auction. Why not start a... another division and that's what we did from transport nice this is getting really big and you're at the tail end of a second record year well we had two record years 22 and 23 excuse me 21 and 22 we'll probably be down a little bit for 23 yeah but we you know that growth wasn't sustainable i think we were pretty much given well nothing can stay white hot forever and that's the point right but you've sold more cars this year than just about any other year in your existence we can sign more cars, we'll sell more cars, and we just continue to grow. And your next big event coming up is Kissimmee, which is, from all reports, looks like it's going to be massive. It is massive. So we're, we're well past 30-some hundred cars consigned already. Wow. The record last year was set with 4,000 cars. Frank hasn't set it publicly. He set it privately, a bigger number than 4,000. Really? Yeah. So, to give you an idea, so Mecham Kissimmee is the largest collector car auction in the world with those 4,000 cars. It did $236 million in sales last year in 12 days. So now we're 200, you almost did a quarter of a billion dollars in 12 days. God, how many gavels did you go through? And that happens. No, no. (laughs) What you have to think about is the paperwork before, during, and oh. after that goes on with that. Yeah, so we, we, exactly. We check in every single car. 
they're processed, they're inspected on the other end, then they're going through, they're sold or not sold, so therefore then there's tightening, processing, there's financing involved, all the different pieces. So it's a ma- think about that, in, in, a, in a matter of two week period, we'll do far more than most car dealerships do in a year. Uh, that was wow. that's exactly wow. what I was thinking. There's the analogy. In 12 days, it, you sold more than a good sized Chevy dealership would move all year long. Correct. That's incredible. Yeah. And, and and all of that's happening in a very confined area of all these people. So normally, in a in a you know whatever in good year, bad year, whatever we're in this point of going into 24, 45 percent of the people go into Kissimmee from out of state, wow. and they stay two plus days. Wow. So now we're wrapping around two weekends, and then we'll also have 36 hours of live TV coverage on Motor Trend. And 36 hours? Yes. Wow. That's also produced by Meekum staff. And is that just unbelievable chaos? No, it's... it's. Um, well, no, I'm I, ta- I, I, I know the auction and everything runs smoothly and yeah. everything, you know, is clicking along, but... Back office behind the scenes is that just a zoo that no. week or, or, or the no. week and a half? You, you, you'd be astounded. Well, first of all, Brett, I'm going to guess ninety percent of the people that work this auction will be with us in Kissimmee. Okay, and most of them are roadies with us. All right. So the staff in this auction will be 150, 200 people. Kissimmee is 350-ish plus. Wow. And that includes 40 plus on our TV crew. And, and they're all have done this. They, they're yeah. used to doing this. Not day after radio. auction, auction after auction. But you're right. You have that massive number and the number of ch- cars are checked in, the cars that are rejected have to go through the vehicle check and the VIN and all those things. It's, it's, it's a lot, but it's not chaotic just because they're so good at what they do. Sure. And that's the thing. It's remarkable that the, the passion is alive. I mean, we know we're here. Okay, we're going through Christmas and on the holidays for the rest of the month of December. And the auction starts January 2. So that means Christmas is there on the calendar. Yeah. But for them, for many of us, it's, it is there. Yeah. It's just another date. And most of us will be in the Kissimmee before New Year's Eve and spend New Year's Eve away from family, doing the check-in, doing the processing, all, all that stuff. You would have to with the day. Exactly. So it's a, it's a, four, it's a three- or four-day vehicle check-in process. So if our auction starting on Tuesday... On January 2nd, we're checking in cars on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. The passion that drives what we do every single day is the, the byproduct of that is the enjoyment that people come and see and, yeah. and appreciate what we produce. And that's, how, that's as an event marker, that's what you get. Another thing that's grown along with Meekum is Meekum TV, your Meekum uh, television coverage of all this. Can you talk a little about that and how it's grown and what it is now? So we're in the 16th year. Okay. So we started in 2008 with the, the combination of speed, velocity, and all those other channels that were amalgamated in, in the world of discovery. That's when it started. And I think, that's, I think everyone attributes the growth of the company really beginning at that point mm-hmm. and then taking off to another level in 2014 when we went from um, those other channels to NBC Sports Network. Mm -hmm. And what that did was we brought an audience to a sports-based channel. Yeah. That was our audience. But by being exposed to that audience, we then grew because it wasn't just car, super hard passion car guys and women. It was a different audience, a stick and balls mostly. So we took another level of growth. And then this thing came around in 2020 that shut a lot of people down and it didn't. It only shut Meekum down for 90 days. 
So in March of 2020, when the pandemic was announced, we were at an auction in Glendale, Arizona. Mm-hmm. In fact, were you there then? Yes, I was. I, was gonna say, I thought you were there. Yeah, I so, was. Yeah. So we, when we got shut down, the, the immediate future was uncertain, like it was for everybody. But when the live event market, they put a protocols in place that we were doing auctions by late June. And then and that was yeah. on private property. The, then we went right into it. And the in one July. you did late June was Indy. It was July, yes. And I was there, too. You were there, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you drove in with your, your, your uh, Harley-Davidson truck. Yeah. Yeah. So what we were able to do, thank God for our operations team, would do something that no one else was able to do, and that was live events. And then NBC Sports Network loved it because they didn't have sporting events. Yeah. So they were shut down. They're looking for content. That took another growth position. I'm wondering, did they give you almost wall-to-wall coverage for that indie sale? Uh, I don't recall detail, but probably, yeah. Um, and, and, and NBC even for, we had Mika marathons on Thanksgiving and Christmas for years. Just literally 20 to 24 hours of nonstop coverage. Well, and that, if memory serves, wasn't that when you had the John Otzbach collection with all the fantastic yes, Shelby exactly. stuff yes. and the 5,000 lots of memorabilia? Yes. Yeah, that was a terrific sale. Yes. That was a lot of fun. Right. It was also warm. Yes. Indianapolis is warm in July. (laughs) It's not May like it normally is in the auction. No, no. You wrap up here and, you know, like you said, moving over 300 cars just today. And then how long does it take to break down a sale and get ready to go to the next place? This place will be empty by noon on Monday. Wow. That's impressive. Every car has to be picked up, paid for, out of here by noon on Monday. Our office staff is out of here Sunday at noon. That means at that point, everything that you see is gone except for cars. Wow. So the, all the staff will stay, operation staff will stay late tonight, tear most of it down, come back in first thing tomorrow morning, and they're out of here by and noon. And then do they take all of the, the stuff to a central office or something and process all the paperwork, titles, get everything out to everybody? Yes. You know, back to headquarters in Walworth, Wisconsin. Okay. Wow. Yes. And, and how many semi loads of stuff is that? <laughs> it's it, what we what you see that's Meekum owned mm-hmm. signage, staging, all the things, ballast, you know, the, the truss for the lighting and everything is eight or nine trucks depending on the auction. Good grief! What then, an operation! And, then, and that just that will just go back to headquarters, be unpacked, repacked, and sent back down to Kissimmee. How long have you been working for Meekum? Right over nine years. Do you ever step back in awe? of everything that's going on or if you've just been in the midst of it for so long that you, you don't really get that Good that question. grand picture i think i do i think i allow myself to that's a that's a you know it, it, that's a do you allow yourself is a question right there because sure. you if you don't you're not going to appreciate it as much mm-hmm. by by appreciating it you gain a perspective of what we do and that candidly i'm talking to two hardcore car guys how, how envious well, people would Mark be. Well, at least Mark is. Okay. And how, <laughs> how envious people would be to be able to be in our shoes. Sure. That, yeah. we, that, that the travel can be very demanding. The time away from your family can be very demanding. The hours can be very demanding. All those things. But like I said earlier, the gratification we get is when those people come up the escalators here at the Kansas City Convention Center, and they're going, wow. Yeah, a quarter mile of collector wow. cars. And look at all the cars from eras, more than 100 years of history. That doesn't happen by going to a lot of events, and they're just coming in to have fun. Yeah. That's what this is. It's a $30 ticket to have fun. That's one of the things I've been noticing because uh, the table that we're at is facing the escalators where everyone comes in, 
and I am watching faces come in. People are just smiling. They hit the top of that escalator. It's like, oh, Christmas just happened in their face. Right. And it's it's pretty cool. Well, I know just, what happened in ours when we came up. We were like, whoa. So, I've, I've just been checking out cute girls. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so give you a perspective. So in those nine years, so the first auction I worked in Kissimmee was in 2015. Mm-hmm. It was a $70 million auction. Oof. 70 million 70 versus million 236 last year 8 years later. Oh my. That's incredible. The growth. auction in Indianapolis 5 years ago was 45 million dollars it did 125. So the growth is not just it's not only to change a market and the dynamic of those markets but it's creating the auction markets as destinations. And that was a big change of methodology, you know, mindset of the company coming in because they're very operational driven and excellent at it. So, but if you have a great product for people to come, you want people to, from further away to make it. And that's where TV really picked it up. Yeah. Well, how, so we're talking about destinations and, and taking vacations, and this is the real event for how many cities will Meekum be in for 2024? How many different sales? Total will be at 16 to 18. 16 to 18. Yeah, so it's 14 So you're in, a, you're in more than one city every month. Yeah, it's yeah. like 1.5 uh, yeah. sales per month. Yeah. yeah. We normally Good say it's God. one a month, but, it's not, but, but if that's not the case, so between September 20th of this year, 23, and October 14th, we did Dallas, Indianapolis, and Chattanooga. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's three auctions in less than a month. Well, and I I know that uh, you've had auctions and you've had auctions that were going on. Did you have two two events in one weekend? Yes. Where where, where in Chicago and Chattanooga last? That's what year. I was thinking. Yeah, we had two auctions the same weekend, and then the year before we did three auctions in three cities in three consecutive weekends. Okay, well, you're a glutton for punishment. <laughs> so we have nothing like that on the on the horizon, but again, it goes back to the staff, Brett. It really, yeah. It's remarkable the commitment, the dedication, the loyalty. It's a family-owned business, and I think that speaks a lot to not only the meekers sure. but the way they treat their people. Well, and and your staff must be fantastic. Two auctions the same weekend, just trying to keep all of the paperwork, all of the details, all of the stuff separate when you get it back to the office. You know, okay, everybody on this side of the desk, you're this city. Yeah, uh, you're talking about in an excess of twenty five thousand consignments a year. So that means every one of them is processed in and processed out. Let alone whatever happens between the beginning and the end. And then the, the other part I think is remarkable is when when you when you look at the quality of the cars. This is a this is a hobby that is aging. We all know that, right? Yeah. But but the reality of it is, it's a passion driven hobby. Yes. That in many cases has been handed down generational. Yes. And it's also something that many people share as you do with your dad. Well, it, yeah. yeah. And, and if and it I wasn't get... dad, where would, you, where would you be with the car? You may be staying in the same spot, but you share that, and it's a bonding thing. Uh, it, it, not, not only is it a passion we share, um, we're trading some of the cars back and forth, so we're sharing the cars, <laughs> too. It's good. Right. So it's the common interest. It is. Yeah, right? It absolutely so, is. So what, when, when they're coming to Meekum, whether they're going to Kissimmee, Florida in January because they're getting out of the snow, or they're going to Las Vegas in November, whatever it is, they're going there to have fun. Okay. A couple more things. Let's talk about what we don't talk about enough is the Meekum Motorcycle Auction in ah. Las Vegas. 
uh, something that I have a soft spot in my heart for and I'm really going to push to try and make two this year. Usually, I've been sent elsewhere to cover car stuff. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I want to go see some motorcycles. So, we bought a company out of Minneapolis in 2014 and they were doing 400 motorcycles a year okay. at the auction. And this year, we'll have 1,750 motorcycles <laughs> at the auction. <laughs> and we'll do close to $40 million in sales. In motorcycles. In motorcycles. God bless you. And, <laughs> and, and we're talking, you know, it's upwards. We've not sold a million-dollar bike yet, but we've sold $900,000 bikes. Yeah. Um, we just did a big collection with Mike Wolf. Um, last year, which was a fabulous collection of bikes, mm-hmm. they're all gar- you know garage finds, if you will. the The motorcycle audience is, is different than the car audience. It's, it, I, I call I think it's collegial. It's like minded in a lot of ways, but they're not so badge driven. It's bikes driven. Yeah. So as where you have a Mopar or Chevy guy or Ford guy in right. the car side, you don't have that as bikes because the audience is a lot smaller. So they really want to, it, it's, it's, oh, you're one of us. Yeah. Come on in and have play. And let's have some well, fun. Well, and to that end, uh, I cut my teeth on Hondas. I've owned every brand, Japanese brand of dirt bike and, and street bikes and, you know, a bunch of Harleys. But you've got one bike that's coming up at Las Vegas, if memory serves. And it's one I wanted in 1990 when it was new. I couldn't afford it then. And it's one I want now, and I can't afford it now. <laughs> uh, it's a 1990 Honda RC30, which is also known as a, a 750 VFR. Um, they're bikes that Honda had to homologate in order to make them for a race series. So it is essentially a race bike for the street. It's been detuned, but it is just the sexiest thing ever. And the unfortunate thing is... You know, in 1990, when they went for 10 grand, and I was single and living in an apartment and couldn't swing one then, now they go for like 50, 60 grand. And I'm pretty sure if I dropped 60 grand on a motorcycle and brought it home, unfortunate things would happen between my wife and I. Yeah, imagine how much <laughs> you'd have to drop on that divorce. Uh, <laughs> but you could ride the bike away yeah, from the house you just lost. <laughs> I've already seen a friend of mine do that. It doesn't turn out real great. I want to know what a $900,000 bike looks like. An Indian. Or in a, Indian, uh, exactly. Oh, was it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, exactly. An Indian, a Vincent, uh, um, uh, there's uh, a Crocker. Uh, Is there a specific year, model, or uh, teens, early teens, 1911, oh, okay. 1914, or something like that? Indian in line four. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. That's right. So super rare. Yeah. Not many made. In great condition. That's why I don't collect old Indians, man. <laughs> but the, but and the other part is that's really appealing for our audience when we go to Las Vegas. It takes place at South Point Casino. Oh. And anyone that knows Las Vegas, the cool thing about the South Point Casino, it's it's street parking mm-hmm. or, or surface parking. It's off the strip. There's 11 restaurants in the facility. Off the strip helps a lot. Oh, it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And, and there, yes, there's a casino there. There's a bowling alley. There's a movie theater. Everything is self-contained. And it's not super air clean for smoking as a casino, but mm-hmm. it's not as bad as some of the other casinos. Yeah. And Michael takes great care of us. We've been there for, I don't know, 25 years or whatever it is. And do you know the dates on that off the top of your head? January 25 to 29, I believe. Last weekend. So, so again, going back to Kissimmee. Kissimmee ends on 14th Sunday. Mm-hmm. People start leaving on the 15th Monday. We have the rest of that week Because you didn't have off. enough stuff going on in January. We have, we, have, we, have the, we have the rest of that week off, and then we're all leaving Sunday or Monday to go right out to Vegas for a five- or six-day auction. 
Wow. And, yeah. and, and the toughest thing was when I first started, we did it the reverse. We went to Vegas. Everyone's going east, losing sleep, three-hour time difference, then going east back to Florida. So you go to Kissimmee, you're already tired. Yeah. I'm glad it's the other way around. It puts us in a, a better position from a auction industry market. Mm-hmm. We're the leaders. We need to be first. We set the market and then let everyone else follow. Nice. Or try. Fantastic. So finally, what are your hopes for the new year? I know we've seen the market soften a little bit. There's been some up and down. Uh, any predictions? You know what? I would answer that by saying the most important thing that we need to do as a company is continue to bring more people into the hobby. Yeah. And, that, and that includes... Yeah. Well, that keeps us all alive. Right. Okay. So however that's done, whether that we do a, gr- a great amount of digital marketing or, or communication with car clubs or whatever, getting out and supporting our certain car shows and things, we need to get more people in the hobby, make the pie bigger. The pie is big. Yeah. It's huge. But the, it's also aging, like I said earlier. So we need to get more people, not necessarily younger as in 20, 30 people, age people, but people that are we know are interested in cars because... As I made this analogy several years ago, in 1970, the U.S. population was 170 million people, mm. and cars were hot. Yeah. The car population now is 330 million. We don't need a bigger slice. We just need that same slice of to the be, bigger population. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, and by bringing younger people in, get them interested, and as they, as it happens in life, you have more disposable income. Exactly. As you get older, so when they've got that more disposable income. Their tastes might also change a little bit, or what they were looking for before they can find a better example of yes. that sort of upscale. Thing. Yeah. So you're a McPherson grad. There's 30 students here from McPherson today walking around. Oh, Obviously, nice. no, no cost to them. They made the drive in there here at 9 o'clock this morning walking around checking things out. It's that population we continue to cultivate and bring closer and closer in. They're, they're, there's no barriers here. Now we got to go hunt fun. down all the McPherson kids. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Can you weld? <laughs> Talk to Mark. No, they just you just want them to show you. You're darn too. How to weld. You're not they, wrong. You're, you just specialize in perforation. <laughs> <laughs> David, we appreciate you taking Thank the time you. to be with us, especially with no warning. There, there goes Jack Wallace right there, Mr. Corvette. And we also appreciate... All the hospitality, letting us set up, being so accommodating. Thank you so very much. You're very welcome. Always good to see you. Indeed. Nice to see you guys. You're listening to Driven Radio Show, recorded live at Mika Auctions in Kansas City on December 2nd, 2023. Hey, welcome back. Can you believe all that action that went on just now? No. Nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. (laughs) I... I'm still walking over to the yellow Corvette and drooling on it, and then people usher me away, and that's probably going to be the day. Isn't oh, it? I found some big honk in Mopars where I'm just—I had to stop and oh, just kind of go. Oh, I'm shocked. Did you find something that's got an aircraft carrier hood on it? Oh, dude, yeah, yeah, it's got a front and back yard. It goes <laughs> along with the car, rolling Lovely. acres oh. of steel. <laughs> so happy, <laughs> and, and, and Mopar hideousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's. That's you, baby. That's it. It's me in a nutshell. Um, you know, we've got these candy canes sitting out here in the mug, and I just had a kid return one. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> he took it, walked off for a little while, came back, says, nah, I don't like nah. that flavor. Here, you yeah. can have this back. Yeah. Take wow. Your chances Thanks on a lot. One. We have with us Kurt Goodwin, associate professor from McPherson College in the auto restoration program. Kurt teaches engine rebuilding. That is correct. And probably lots of other life lessons that all these fertile minds need to have. 
today the life lesson is auction day. Yes, it is. And how many uh, how many of those kids do you have along with you? So roughly 22. Oh, my Lord. Wow. And we hauled them down in some vans this morning. You're uh, herding cats. It is. <laughs> I, we kind of turned them loose, so they're kind of feral cats right now. Yeah, well, <laughs> I met the howdy triplets a minute ago. <laughs> Shake somebody's hand. Hi, I'm Brett. Howdy. Okay, well, I got three guys in a row named Howdy. So, as freshmen, we're working on that. Yeah. By the time they're seniors, they'll by, give you a business card. By the time you're out of the class, my name Amen. is Amen. Howdy. <laughs> and what have you seen walking around? Well, I, I spotted a couple of pre-war Fords that I enjoyed because I, I like those. Uh, of course, there's always Porsches. Yeah, I was going to ask about the 944 crop. I know there's three 911s here, and one of them's an automatic, which is, seems like s- that's just sinful. It doesn't seem right. No. But, you know, they're still good, well, you know, but uh, I am partial to a manual transmission in that yes. kind of car. So. And. 944s, are there any? Well, I, I spotted one down okay. the way that, that was a not not sold and a pretty good price. Uh, bad, so. 944, 944S, turbo? Uh, uh, just a 944 NA. Okay. So. And what year? Uh, 89. Okay. 89, I think. So not that far away from the one you own. I have, a, I have an 86. Okay. Tell us about your car. 86 Turbo. Ooh, nice. Fun, fun car. Uh, I've had it for a few years. We we dredged it out and had to do a little work on it when we got it, but it it's pretty nice, original. Well, I followed your paintwork online this last year, and the car looked like it turned out beautifully. Good, good, very nice. It turned out nice. Now, we have a, also have a 911. That okay. We have, and we did it. Air-cooled? Or? Air-cooled. Okay. 76. Okay, so 2.7? Yeah. Okay. Ice, ice green metallic. Ooh, pretty so color. It's what we, we like it. It's so my is it my favorite? It's probably my favorite car, but I like to get in the 944 and drive. Well, the 944 a, has a steering balance and handling that is difficult to beat. It is really hard to beat, and uh, it does everything really well. For a car of its age, it does everything really well. Uh, having driven a 944 in period, yes, but still aware enough to know how good that was, yeah. even as I, I was 18 or 19 when I did it, and I got in that, and I'd driven a lot of Corvettes and other stuff, and I was like, oh, oh, this is a whole different ball game whole different ball game. And I proceeded to take that out and scare the life out of my aunt. <laughs> it was my uncle's car. And I, I got in the car and I looked at her and I said, can I drive fast? And she said, oh, your uncle does all the time. And then I took her out and I showed her what a different kind of driving was. She won't ride in a car with me now. <laughs> it might be a good decision. I <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I'm in my 50s now. <laughs> but uh, 944s do have just remarkably light and communicative handling. It tells you exactly what it's going to do yeah. and exactly when it's going to do it. And when it's going to break loose, it let, lets you know a little bit at a time. It's not like fourth-gen Corvettes where it's just snap over steering. You're just along for the ride. Exactly. You're, it's very drivable. It yes. Works, uh, it makes you look good. Now, having not been able to drive a 944 Turbo... What's the lag like? When's it come on? Uh, 
So compared to modern turbo cars, it is a little, uh, you do have a little lag, it'll come on and hit. It doesn't hit like the, like the early 911s. Like but, the 930s, yeah. But let me tell you, it's, uh, it comes on nice. Now, compared to some modern turbo cars, they sneak on you a little, yeah. little, little more gentle. But it, it feels good when you hit it, uh, and it's not, uh, it's not obtrusive. Well, they're everything that little sports cars should be. Yep. Light, communicative, they let you know what's going to happen. Uh, the turbos are reasonably snappy for what they are. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, by today's standards, people would say, eh, maybe not so much. But in the day, very much on top of its game. Yeah, yeah. I, I still think they were absolutely brilliant. And also at the same time, same time frame, I got to drive what the Japanese try to do as their version of the 944, uh, the Mitsubishi Starions, that I, I had a soft spot in my heart, but I hear okay. those things are a pain in the rear to maintain. I, can, I cannot speak to the, that particular car, but I've been around some early Mitsubishis later on later on mm -hmm. pretty pretty nice uh pretty well done cars but oh hear the little mazda rx7 convertible going by right in front of us there <laughs> we are at the auction folks and things are going on around us and that includes cars being driven back and forth from the auction block now you you said you're wrangling 22 kids down here yep. what was was the main goal of bringing them here just to let them see what a big collector car auction looked like yeah, that that's it's well. First of all, it's handy for us. It's not too far away, so we can make a nice day trip out of it. Sure. Uh, it, we can introduce some freshman students that haven't never experienced an auction before, so that's a first time for some of them, and that's a kind of a big deal. Well, I can't I can't even imagine. It's been so long since uh, the first time. It'd be yeah, interesting to have that feeling again. Yeah. And also, I would think. This is a place where you get a lot of vintage cars in one place at one time. Gives you a chance to walk around and observe a lot of stuff. Is that inaccurate? It, it, that is absolutely accurate. A, a wide variety of cars here. Yeah. Everything, you know, it's uh, a little more than the big cars and coffee event, but it's a nice, uh, and everything's pretty nice and well presented. And, uh, and, of course, there's a lot of excitement at this auction. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of fun. A good first-time auction. What are some of the kids' big takeaways from uh, from one of these? Are you uh, like, are they looking at vehicles, going, "Okay, we would have done this better," and then you discuss them? What are some of the things we, like on the trip back that you go over? Those those will be some things we talk about uh, and on our on our way home, and that's exactly some you know some what kind of good quality restoration pieces did you see? What kind? What did you see that you you've done different? We hope we hope to encourage them not to make those outward discussions around the cars yeah probably yeah. a really good idea <laughs> those yeah. are like life lessons that you know it, it, everybody doesn't want to hear your opinion so well and uh, a lot of times you got to remember the people who are selling the cars are here the last yeah. thing they want to hear is somebody tear down the so, car in front of them right and yeah. you know every even the best restorations have some sins in there somewhere oh, so yeah so we have to you know but and look you know Older restorations. There's been a change in restoration philosophy over the years, and um, so it's got. Those are things that we'll discuss and talk about. What has the attitude of the incoming students and also the returning restoration students since McPherson's 
second place class win at Pebble? Well, you know, we're still sort of trying to catch our breath from that. Oh, you process. gotta be! It's it's really it was incredible, and the the team that uh, that the kids that worked on that team, and you know, really over well over a hundred kids had their hands on that car in some fashion. Some of the early uh, early work that was done on it, you know, those guys might not always get the credit mm-hmm. that they deserve because they did a lot of really heavy groundwork and, you know, organizing stuff and getting, you know, so that thing went together well. And it, it was a lot of fun. And we're able to, as faculty there, we've learned a lot about the process, you know, above and beyond. And we're able to, you know, bring some of that kind of conversation into the classroom. Did you have a part in that project? Uh, yeah, I had. Uh, I did the, did the engine on it. Uh, I did some work on the transmission. I did some work on the brakes. I did some work on a lot of the mechanical stuff. I'm guessing students. I'm guessing that spans multiple years. It does. It How does. do you keep different classes of students, and by classes I mean yeah. years, how do you keep them all focused and going the same direction and turning out a, a superior product when different hands are involved? So, we, so Brian Martin did our did the lead as far as uh, he's on, on on staff there, and he was sort of the lead as far as putting the restora- doing the restoration work, and worked with the students, kind of herding those cats <laughs> <laughs> as the and. The students had to kind of apply to get on the team, and we, you know, so those pretty elite group of students that I'm that sure there was to work on some and, pretty there's pretty intense vetting there. Yeah, and uh, you know, test them out and try to give them all uh, give everybody a chance as we could, um, and then you know, every few years they leave. And yeah. So over a seven year time, uh, so. It's, rare that a student worked on it for a full four years you know obviously sure. as freshmen i think uh, a couple of the last kids maybe have started on it as a freshman and worked their way through wow but that's uh, impressive though yeah yeah and they you know they put a lot of time in and they did you know in this uh lots of late nights and you know the real the the real stuff um i was la this summer i i kind of chipped in there a bit this summer and uh, I was taking the trash I should have made a video of my part in this because I was hauling the trash out oh (laughs) and that's uh, I've stooped I'm at that not stooped I'm at that level because everybody needs to have that trash hey everybody has to haul and I'm like I grabbed a hold of that and I thought these guys are doing such a good job I am I I, I got this I I got this (laughs) and uh, I mean that was a good um it was really good to watch and let the students, you know, what what can I do to help? Let them tell me what to do, and it was really uh, it was really good. Now, certainly, some of the students that worked on that, not all of them graduated this year. Some of them had to uh, have returned. Yeah, most most of them that worked on it this summer intent have graduated. We have one one kid that still has a, a year left and. And he worked on the team this summer, and he's, and he's back, and so now he's in, you know, cleaning the lab space up for it, and and handling. There goes some Vern of Estes, former co-host. You're coming back, aren't you? You have to come back. What's up, G? Second, second option. Yeah. 
<laughs> he's he's pushing his latest progeny. Uh, so, but that student that came back after the win at Pebble, first of all, how do you keep him from just dancing in circles? Yeah, he's pretty he's pretty excited and very. You know when when they work on that car like that and put that much work into it, their love for that might not be quite as <laughs> as the rest of us are. You know, because yeah. they've got a lot of time and hours. Sure. It. But yes, they're. But look at the results. Oh my God! It'd be look at that result. Yeah. Now, it, I I'll tell you what I was, we had it all wrapped in like tape to protect the paint while mm-hmm. we were doing some of the final work and the night. They were peeling that the tape off to get it prepped for final to get it in the trailer. I like literally teared up. I was so oh. I, it was incredible. Yeah, it was like man. What a what an accomplishment! I was praying to God you weren't going to say something peeled. <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> no, the paint is incredible on that car. That's... So, is there a next project? Oh, that... Do, is, is this something yet to be revealed, or is the have you ha, has everything settled yet that you've started looking to the next thing? The what's next? Uh, everybody makes a pause and we're just not sure yet there, okay there will be a next but we're not sure what the next is well it's okay to take a little time and to bask it, in the glory we got it yeah we got to uh, absorb this uh process here a little bit i'm and, kind of curious what the response was at pebble to mcpherson college that teaches restoration but showing up and first outing nailing a second in class oh let me tell you which is out just inexplicably cool and outstanding first outing yeah let me uh, just getting invited was a big deal i can't it's almost uh, leaves me speechless when yeah just getting invited we're like wow we're uh, we were excited everybody was like oh this is incredible and then and then you know we're you get the invitation and everything is not quite done yet so there's still a lot of last me you know there's some last minute details that need attended to so there's that but you know getting it out there and without any event and the tra- you know and unload it it was great to see the car unload and then so the day and they we, I looked at all the cars lined up in the class and we we clearly we were right we were respectable with every car in the field i'm not trying to cut you off i know we're driving towards an answer here but i'm imagining getting there unloading the truck getting the car out how many little moments did you have leading up to judging where you just this is the coolest thing in the world (laughs) this is the coolest thing i i that's uncountable I, it had to be. When, uh, when they, the tour was really cool. The tour was particularly, for me, was a stressful point because the, they loaded with the kids and Brian driving, and yeah. they take off on the tour. And as, as Brian takes off, you're, you're saying, don't rock chip this sucker. I'm, like, <laughs> I, I, I'm going through, in my mind, all of the little the little things that I would feel responsible for if it went wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was, uh, I was, that was my nervous point. Once we were on the field that morning and it was driving on the field, it was incre- breathtaking to watch the car pull on the field in the morning. Is there a sense of we've done all we can do? Yes. It's going to be whatever it, it is. is. Yeah. When, once it was lined up and we walked around and looked at, I look, looked at all the other cars in class 
and I'm thinking, this we really look did, good on there. Did you just have a sense of, oh yeah, we did this. Oh we, yeah, we got it. Yeah, I, I, I knew because I, there were some pretty interesting cars in our class, and mm-hmm. I thought, you know, the competition's pretty stiff. Yeah. So. But then when they announced that we, we could go to the field to see, we knew we were going to be in the top four, top three, whatever. And it's like, okay, we, this, is going, this is going to be something. And, it, and when they drove the car and all the other cars drive up and one or two people are there, it was like a parade of alumni and supporters. <laughs> it was, it was, that, that was the coolest thing. That was like of all the takeaways, that was probably one of the coolest things to walk, look and watch all the people following and cheering and just, it was like a, I mean, oh, you, it you was You know, that crowded. was my next question is at an event like that, uh, of that caliber, are you allowed to like scream at a like you're at a Kauffman Stadium, or do you have to golf <laughs> clap? It, it? Yeah, is there restrained we, ch- applause uh, or? We might uh, we might have raised the level a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> but hell yeah, we consider the circumstances. Oh man, consider what's happened. It was it was exciting, and then you know why waiting for them to announce that you know, and uh, wow, it was it was something. So. When they announced when they announced second place, yeah. Or like, I, I, you know, of course, we were not all to get, we were dispersed among the crowd. Yeah, but you probably heard peppering. Oh, yeah. Smattering lot, from everywhere. A lot of excitement. A lot of excitement. <laughs> I'm like, wow, we, this is great. And, and getting to see it drive across the, drive across the stage and just everything. It was quite incredible. I, I can only imagine, man, I wanted to be there so badly yeah, this yeah. year. We were very fortunate to get to go. I was I had wrapped my mind around that I might not get a go on that journey, but they the school took us and we it was great. Well, we are all so very happy for the school, for the program, for the students, for the instructors, and what a magnificent turnout! Uh, who's been joy riding the car since it came back? <laughs> well, it came back. We. Tucked it away in the in the shop and covered it up. And Didn't go out for burgers <laughs> and shakes. <laughs> That's on the list. We're, we'll take it for coffee this spring, I think. Well, what you did was you put it up on blocks and then put it in reverse and ran it, so it rolled the odometer back. Right? right? This isn't your dad's yeah. car. <laughs> Bueller? Anyone? Bueller? <laughs> so we're uh, currently it's sitting in the museum at McPherson. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a little uh, local museum, and it's on display with some other uh, cars that, that the school has had. Uh, hand in and uh, Chris Paulson he had a car at Pebble last year his I mean his family took out and that car is parked there and so uh, it's there and then uh, hopefully we'll get it out and do a couple of more shows this nice I, in I'm, the future I'm curious now I you could have guessed the response from the students yeah. faculty alumni everybody else I'm a little curious what the response was from the other Pebble attendees. Well, you know, we got a lot of a lot of excitement with uh, really. With, uh, yeah, I I think everybody was very. Um, I think they were surprised. I think they were surprised. But now you've got the recognition. Give us some credibility. What the program is really capable yeah. of. Yeah, it, I think it really gave us a little. It, it put us on the map a little more. Just. 
that pin is a little deeper in the map. That is fantastic. Yeah. That is absolutely fantastic. We've been speaking to Kurt Goodwin, associate professor in the auto restoration program at McPherson College, teaches the engine rebuilding program, and uh, also life skills to lots of these kiddos. <laughs> okay, to... I have one last question. We uh, hope so. Worst engine to work on? <laughs> no. the, you know, in... In, in, in general history. In, in my world. I can tell you where it is. I own it. <laughs> <laughs> Which one would that be? That would be the Schadenfreude Express. The, uh, the Mercedes. The, the V12 in that Mercedes <laughs> S600. You raise the hood, you couldn't get a deck of cards in there. Are there any classics that rise to the top as the, oh, my God, be ready when be you ready. dive into this hood? Well, you know. <laughs> Which Peugeot is it? Exactly. <laughs> so, for me, I have a love-hate relationship with all engines. There's some <laughs> that it's like, I really want to work on that. And there's some it's like, I really like somebody else to work on that. I'll, I'll observe. Okay, which I'll one's observe. the easiest? So, you know, we start, I start all my kids with a small block Chevy. I was going to say. Because uh, they are, and I'm like. They've made a billion of them. They've made a lot of them. They used them in very versatile. You know, we can call it a McLaren engine if you like. Yeah. Because they used them in some McLaren. Yeah. You know, a variety of places. So that's where we start. And they're fairly simple, and it, it makes it's a good training ground to start. And it's, so, a, it's a great universal. Yeah. Let's find do, it anywhere. Let's do this engine. Then we'll do the next more complicated engine, and then we'll do more complicated engines. And then someday... Y'all will be working on Porsches and Ferraris. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough. SBC. That'll be the next thing that I need to stick in a vehicle because I I know approximately Jack. And the other half of that, I don't know. You know where you can find lots of small block Chevys? (laughs) Old Corvettes. Old Corvettes. So we do a summer institute class for... I'm listening. It, it, I yeah. am all ears right it's now. A, we, we do. We have three weeks. We're full this year. They'll let you. Of co- they'll let you come as a guinea pig. <laughs> the classes are, are week long. We have a variety of. I teach a tune-up class, and I teach an engine rebuilding class. We have a sheet metal. We have it. Oh, oh. Interior uh-huh. upholstery, uh, paint, uh, and they're it, they're a condensed version of what we do during the year. And in my, it, so I'll talk about mine. In my engine class, we'll do a, a basically a rebuild, start to finish, go through the full process, and run it on the dyno on Friday. Start on talk about doing compression testing on Monday and do a dyno test on Friday. Very so is cool. it BYOE? Do you have to bring your own engine? Or? <laughs> Please don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's my request. Nice. Everybody says I go. You leave yeah, that at home. I have uh. to. Uh, I have to really control the uh, the outcome of the of the project. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, anyway, it's a, those are fun and those are geared up for you know uh, car enthusiasts that kind of thing. Open to Somebody, the public. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And we get, and we'll that thing. It's like I say. It, it fills up pretty fast. So. Yeah. Uh, but it's a lot of fun, and we have guys that come and take classes every year. I ran into several here, just uh, in the parking lot. Just yeah. here. The, the argument could be made that <laughs> I should come back and take lots of classes every year. <laughs> well, you never know. You're uh, always welcome. I know. I know. <laughs> Kurt, thank you for being oh. with us. Really appreciate it. I've been thank dying you. to get you on forever. Oh. I'm and glad to do it. It seems glad like we miss it. each other a lot, but so, uh, well, we'll we'll do this again sometime. I hope. Uh, yeah, I there hope may you, there may be barbecue involved. I like and 
I appreciate the barbecue. It's yeah. awesome. Well, and, and now I have somebody here in front of us that will vouch. The cookout after the, after the car, college cars show in May... Yeah, that's right. Sausage cook, King is the talking. The cookout at Luke's is not to be missed. Yeah. It is fantastic. It's incredible. And you'll never see mo- more overfed <laughs> car fiends in one place at one time. It is an absolute blast. We oh, we enjoy that every year. I look for I look forward to it. Kurt, thanks right. so much for being Thank with us. Again. We appreciate it. You bet. Good to see you. You too. You're listening to Driven Radio Show, recorded live at Mecham Auctions in Kansas City on December 2nd, 2023. And we're back. And we've got some more of the fantastic McPherson College Auto Restoration staff here. We have Abigail Morgan with us. She is the assistant director of the restoration program, which means you're the head cheese. You're <laughs> One of the head cheeses. You're, you're kind of in charge. <laughs> I have a good team um, that... Uh, Fact, work with the faculty and then Amanda Gutierrez. I know you've had her on oh, the Amanda, podcast. Yes. Well, yep. we miss Amanda, but she is so stinking busy anymore. It's tough to corner her for an interview. Yeah, and then I got Brian Martin as well as a coworker. And Brian Martin is somebody we haven't had on the program, but we very much need to, if for Targeted. no other reason than to congratulate him for wrangling all the restoration cats that came up with the second in class win at Pebble, which is absolutely magnificent. And all of the McPherson staff, the students, the alumni and fans, we're all still trying to wrap our heads around that. That was so very fantastic. Now, you're smiling so big that I, I know you're still trying to come down from that and not really wanting to, but after Pebble, you came back to McPherson. Tell us about this year's freshman class. Yeah. <clears throat> so we have about 150 students in the program, and we admit about 40 to 50. And so this freshman class, they're excited. They uh, came in, and their generation really had YouTube and TikTok and anything that they wanted socially on their phones. So a lot of them came in with kind of the, the, the YouTube mechanics side of things. And that's great. They're hungry to learn more. They're asking really great questions. Uh, and then we're also seeing students that have connected with alums in the industry. Mm-hmm. So we're getting students, oh, I met so-and-so at an auction or I went to a private collection tour and that's how I found out about the college. And so it's a very exciting time for, for this freshman class. Now with this freshman class coming in fresh after the, yeah. pe- the Pebble win, uh, do they have different expectations or higher expectations? Are are some of them disappointed that they're not working on something that's headed to Pebble right this minute? So the, the kind of the standard, and, and you're an alum, so you can also attest to this, but the standard has been there for over 40 years. It's, um, you know, we're pursuing excellence. And so even though some students might not have been on the Mercedes project, everything we do is, is held to, to somewhat of that standard. You know, we might not be going to Pebble in a project, but we want to restore something to, to whatever the best that project's going to be at. And, and so I know there's probably some disappointment or missing out, but the, the hype around it's been wonderful, and everyone's been incredibly supportive of that project. If uh, you only accept, you know, what, a third or a little mm-hmm. more, 40% of the uh, applicants, yeah. uh, what is it that you see 
that gets people in? What 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 is the the bar that's set? What yeah. do we need to bring to the table? I answer that question so many times from parents. Like, what's the secret sauce? Like, how do I get my student Money. in here? Well, <laughs> no. Money. Oh my god! Um, I think it's problem solving. It's being able to. Uh, there's some students who've never touched a car ever, and that they know they want to come here and have never been even in a shop class or anything. Wow. So being able to <laughs> being able to show Oh, you've touched cars. You've burned holes through them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They touched back. It was, it was a bad relationship. Yeah. Bad touch. <laughs> being able to show in a portfolio that you're good at problem solving, you're good at thinking through um, something breaking, whatnot. Even if it's not on an automobile, we're looking for that. Um, we see it with maybe like FFA or Boy Scouts or anything where you've done a, a project. And there's some students who have full automotive experience with their grandpa or their grandma or you know a relative has an antique car. And so kind of the portfolio, it's not about the hands-on experience. It's just about more about the student and their personality and you know what type of person will they be when they walk into the shop are they going to show up on time are they respectful all those things is there also a test that they have to take any equivalency tests or anything like that kind of like the ASVAB we actually have interviews so our faculty uh, you go through an interview process it's a multi-step so you get into the college that's all for your GPA and all your testing and then if you're uh, accepted into the program You'll then come for a campus visit, meet the faculty, meet the staff, and then the faculty have been conducting interviews this year because we have so many students who want to get into the program. We've, we've instituted that, okay, too. Okay, no to self, bring bottles of scotch. Got it. <laughs> All right. Money. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That is, that is so cool that you will take in people that even even if they haven't touched vehicles, if they've got, they've got the drive-in initiative. That's yep. terrific. They don't have bad habits. Ah, that helps. Yeah, yeah. yeah we see. We, wow, uh, that must have changed since I was there. <laughs> <laughs> we see it in like trim. You know, there's a lot of students who've never touched a sewing machine, and they're kind of nervous by that. And you're like, oh, I don't know how to yeah, sew. Yeah, but you and don't have to break them from doing something. Exactly. Nice. They tend to be the better ones because they don't have any bad habits. Uh, speaking of money, even though it was jokingly, <laughs> the college has been the recipient of a massive endowment this year, oh, yes. and not just that from one so awesome. source, but lots and lots of of stuff can you speak about the endowment a little bit sure what happened the match and then do you know any of the plans going forward so we i don't i'll just start at the beginning but the college was uh we have a wonderful donor pool and so a a couple donors stepped up in the past couple years um, with some pretty public gifts the lundquist uh pledged the 50 million and a Ferrari to us I think two or three years ago yeah. and and then uh, the biggest news in the past year is a 500 million dollar endowment and then that was matched to a billion dollar endowment and that was from an anonymous donor and the biggest thing to know about an endowment is that was not a bag of money that was delivered at our doorstep. Right, that right. is, you know, that's paid over years and that's a very long term. And, and in layman's terms, it, it's going to keep the college around for a very long time. And uh, there's, oop, there's a fun car behind us. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> some of the, uh, that's one of the benefits of doing this live 
is there's lots of activity. You can hear the auction in the background, lots of people. We've got a bunch of the McPherson kids hanging around, and there are cars being driven back and forth. And it's they, awesome, And dude. they sound awesome. <laughs> I am loving this. <laughs> you got a good view. Uh, but the big thing with the college is the, the board and the president and, and everyone has set out four big initiatives, and auto restoration is definitely a part of that. So building um, up our student debt project so students have the opportunity to reduce their student debt by working. So internships that we send students out to, uh, there's a percentage of their paycheck that is matched over time to pay off their student debt. So uh, there's some really big, big things happening at the college. Where I grew up in Branson, Missouri, there's College of the Ozarks Mm -hmm. uh, just nearby. And that was one of their big things is you could work your way through college and walk out with little to no debt, depending upon how much you worked and what all you did. But it was an, an education that also gave you skill sets walking right out of there. You were ready to work. You knew how to work. And when so many students have absolutely crippling student debt oh that God, is going to yeah. take them forever to pay off, the idea of walking away with next to none is just fantastic. Yep, and the outside learning experience is something we really push at the college. We want to see students out and about in the industry when they're here with us for the four years. So internships are incredibly, incredibly valuable. We uh, we really encourage students to step out of their comfort zone, maybe mm-hmm. go to the other coast, go into a museum or a shop. It's better to try it out for three months and maybe figure out what you don't want to do before you graduate and you have a pretty good idea then. That's also, that is so important in an education. There's stuff you want to do, but... You need to also figure out what you don't want to do so you don't get trapped. Uh, yeah, I wish I would have had somebody yeah. sit oh my me God, down and yeah. try to figure that out. <laughs> and how? I hear you. I'm on my seventh career. <laughs> I did so many things, and I'm like, really? <laughs> That's okay. I, uh, I never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now. I, walk, I walked in my first day of college, and uh, the professor asked, you know, who wants to own their own shop? And I think all of us raised our hand. And, you know, probably about sophomore year, we all went, oh, that's not my, that's not my goal anymore. Nah. And it changes a few times. And I think the college does a good job of making that okay. They actually, they, they want you to try different things. It's, it's normal. Well, and you also find out if you take some business classes, there's a little bit more to owning a shop than just being able to do the work. Yes. Yeah. Um, We have five emphases at the college, and so students can go into the technical restoration, business management, communication, art and design, or history. And so uh, pretty often we see students wanting to get the full tech. Um, That's kind of what they know and what they want to see. But then you take a history class, and it might might pique their interest. Hey, I want to be in the museum world. Well, and you also have to remember... What a magnificent department head you have in Ken Yon, <laughs> who we've had on the show several times. And I can't say enough nice about Ken because he is a buddy of mine. Uh, they, they have. McPherson has a fantastic history department and a fantastic business department. And I th- is Rod? Yeah. Rod so Gieselman is the, is the department head there. And Rod's also walking around here someplace. I've been trying to corner him. Uh, so, yeah, the... The different disciplines have spectacular instructors. And, yeah, you might just take the tech side or uh, there's the business side and there's the history side. And getting a little bit of that really produces a a better rounded student, but it also gives you a taste of other things. So um, what is going on in the program right now that nobody knows about? Or are you allowed to speak about 
such things. We want your secrets. Oh, my goodness. Give us the, the dirt. Come on. We got some fun cars that are uh, possibly going to be donated to us. I think we get that phone call about four times a day. Hey, I got a blah, blah, blah in the garage, and I'd like to donate to you. And, and a lot of the calls we have to turn away, sadly, because of space and issues. And so I know a few uh, coming down the pipeline. I'm not sure the exact you know, makes and models, but we just recently had a, a Rolls Royce donated to us, uh, I think a late twenties. And so oh, that's wow. uh, pretty, pretty fun. And, uh, on the student side, uh, we have a career fair that we run in, uh, spring time. And so that'll be kind of the next big thing at the college is getting some students ready for their summers. Are there some of those careers or possibly internships? What are the ones that are, are, in the that have the heaviest competition what are the ones that people are really vying for uh i can name drop a few um we've had a really great partnership with general motors that's been formed we have some students that have worked with their um uh like like their trim department uh but on the um concept car side oh so uh modern stuff but also then taking care of their heritage cars and that's a that's a great partnership we have and we have shops across the country i mean probably every state i can name start naming shops but um we really just want to get students out of their comfort zone so i've been asking some students what they want to do i'm looking at the two of them um yeah, we're about to put these guys in the hot seat. Yeah, yeah. Private collections are a huge market that we're oh, seeing yeah. open up. And so that's, I think, where we're going to see a lot of placement. Uh, private collections. People need one-on-one mechanics. And actually... Uh, yeah, there is there is a lack. Yeah. There's a, a, a startling dearth of talent out there. And uh, these people are in demand. Mm-hmm. They absolutely are. Any uh, Any final thoughts about the program this year? Uh, just come out and visit us May 4th. I believe it's May 4th, Saturday. It's our annual car show event. Mm-hmm. And I cannot say enough about this. You just have to be here to experience it. it. It's is phenomenal. Phenomenal. A, especially for a small liberal arts college <laughs> in the middle of Kansas. You can't believe how good that show is. It's so much fun and some of the best car conversations you'll hear all year. That is my single favorite weekend all year. Yeah, I have it marked down. My whole family comes in. It, it's, it's an event. So yeah, May 4th, we have about 500 cars and it's completely student run. So it's all the students. We celebrate their hard work throughout the year. You can tour the shop and the facilities, visit with the faculty. It's a star-studded week. And they do a fantastic job. Abigail, always good to see you. It's good to see you I guys. I miss seeing you. I know. I need to come out to Kansas City. You're, you're so stinking busy. I can't. Uh, <laughs> I, I just don't get to see you very much anymore. But if uh, if nothing else, I will see you Car Show Weekend. Yes. Favorite week of the year. And thank you very much for being with us. Awesome. You're listening to Driven Radio Show, recorded live at Meekum Auctions in Kansas City on December 2nd, 2023. We are here with uh, Blake Swingle and Adam Ben Alcazar. And you guys are sophomores, juniors, seniors? Uh, I'm a transfer student, so I'm kind of that in between whether I'm a junior or senior. Okay, and Adam? I'm a sophomore. Uh, and you're both students in the McPherson College Auto Restoration Program? That is correct. Yep. Kiss your what? <laughs> and do you have. A particular specialty or discipline that you, either of you are leaning toward? 
Uh, so I do a lot of photography work. I did a lot of that prior to starting McPherson College. Uh, and this past summer, I uh, photographed an entire private collection. So that was kind of my uh, specialty and my goal for this past summer. Okay, and what are you doing within the restoration program? Uh, the restoration program, I'm taking the you know engine rebuilding classes, the uh, woodworking classes, you know, all the classes that go along with that. Um, I don't have a specific project that I'm working on okay. for the school. But Do you have a particular vehicle, uh, brand, a, a something that... I love. Yeah. Uh, I love old Toyotas, so I have a couple Land Cruisers. So the the Toyota pickup that just drove by a second ago? The you, Hilux. Yeah. Were you having trouble not salivating on that? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You can be honest. <laughs> Adam, uh, what do you love? Um, mainly European cars. Okay, uh, particular Mercedes, Porsche. I would say Porsche. Audi, Alpha. <laughs> yeah, mainly mainly Porsche and then uh, Ferraris. Okay. I was surrounded by them this past summer. All right, where did you work? I worked at Fast Cars Limited in Redondo Beach, California. Okay, what'd you get to put your hands on? I actually, over the course of the entire summer, I was able to uh, disassemble, uh, completely strip down and re- uh restore and reassemble uh, the suspension system on a 72 uh, Dino 246 GTS. Oh, very cool. Very yeah. cool. And what brought each of you to McPherson? You're a senior? Sophomore. Sophomore. Sorry, sophomore. And you've been there a couple of years. What brought you to McPherson? Um, well, for me, I was I was always interested in, and I uh, started working at a Porsche service shop in high school. And my boss told me about this amazing school somewhere in the west because i'm from maryland originally okay and, uh, well we're west ish exactly and so uh and so i'm like you know i got this great idea in my head and so then by the time uh college applications had to had to be submitted i really had no idea where i wanted to go and so i figured i would check out mcpherson and so my dad and i flew out and uh took a tour and i loved it submitted my application and got accepted and and it was really really great and here, here I am. All right. I was looking for a little bit of a career change. Uh, I was welding for about four years, and I kind of got tired of that, and I'd always loved cars, so I just started you know, researching different career paths within the automotive industry and then found McPherson and um, applied, and the rest was history. Coming into the program knowing how to weld, uh, how much of a benefit was that? That was very helpful, especially my first semester, because I took a sheet metal class, mm-hmm. and that allowed me to really focus on the actual shaping and forming of metal, because I already had that welding skill down. I could just, you know, do that really fast, but then really focus my time on learning that aspect. Were the instructors happy with what you already knew? Did you have to break bad habits or do things differently? There wasn't anything too crazy that I had to break any bad habits but uh, I hadn't welded aluminum for a while so I was trying to you know re- kind of relearn that but quick and easy. Had you done panel shaping before? I had not. So that was all new to you? That was all new. And did you take to it well? Uh, do you have a better understanding? Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah I have a much better understanding and a, like appreciate what some of these guys do for a living. I mean some of these guys are you know uh, rebuilding cars by hand. Uh, you know, they see a picture of a car that, you know, maybe was never created, 
or you know there's none in existence anymore and they're completely just building this car from a photograph and shaping the metal and um, you know, I, I have this newfound appreciation for, for those types of guys and what is, they do. Is metalworking your favorite class so far? It is, yeah. It about, sure is. How about you, Adam? What did... uh, this past semester, I took a drivetrain class. So where we Luke. Were, yes, with Luke. Um, and I, I really thought that was probably the most interesting class I've taken so far, um, alongside that engines with Kurt. Luke and I were in the program at the same time, so I've never got to experience him as an instructor. I mean, he, he's not bad. He's, he's very, very well, I would interesting. hope not. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah Careful I mean, what you say. He's going to listen to this. I know. That's I okay. He can it. torment you later. <laughs> um, but he was, he was very, very uh, engaging and, and always bringing up new things and uh, uh, totally sparked an interest of mine into uh, Miller cars. Um, like the Miller 91 the, and the Miller uh, four-wheel drive. Totally cool cars that I really never knew anything about before his class. So what are each of you looking forward to working on that you haven't? Anything at school or a personal project you'd like to do? Uh, at some point, I'd really love to work on the uh, school's Porsche 356. Yeah, the little coupe. Yes. Um, I always see that thing in the... Uh, in Templeton in our lab and you know it's always like man I want to get my hands well, on that that's the one that Abigail and Amanda drove in the SEM 1000 a couple of years ago that's right yeah and I do have to mention the sports car markets and one of my employers but uh, yeah I've, I've always wanted to do that and I saw them get to do it and I was really really envious it's a cool little car yeah so what do you think you're going to do with it uh, what does it need it probably needs a little bit of everything doesn't um, it honestly I do you know, Adam, I feel like it's in pretty good mechanical yeah. shape. It seems to be in pretty much original condition, but in, in great operating shape. Yeah. Well, it would have had to have been to be able to complete the, yeah. complete the race. Guys, appreciate you having, having you on. Yeah. Again, we're with Blake Swingle and Adam Ben Alcazar. But, yeah, I wasn't going to try that. <laughs> And it looks like one of our former co-hosts is over here taking pictures. Uh, Mr. Corey Pratt will be with us in just a second. Gentlemen, thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And we're back for more of our friends that we've seen wandering around. This has been co-host Dave. Vern walked by a little while ago. Oh, very nice. Yeah, well, with one of his progeny in a stroller, so I'm sure he's not. it's going to be tough to corner him to ask questions. Uh, right now, we've got former co-host uh, Corey Pratt of Craving Cars. He's been walking around getting good footage. And returning friend of the show, Daryl Ossipik, the man who keeps all of my stuff running. Which we is, try. Yeah, <laughs> we'll fix it no matter how much it costs. <laughs> I have a feeling it's not a try. It's definitely a do. Yeah, it's definitely a do. Definitely get some done. Uh, and I'm, I've been keeping him busy lately. We're just kind of shuttling in one thing after another. This is the, uh, the beauty of owning lots of old cars. Uh, Corey. Yeah. Well, you've been seeing. You were here last night. I saw you for a second. Yeah, I, there's enough here. You kind of need to spend a couple days. We had David Morton on a little while ago. He said there's 860 cars here. Wow. That's a ton of iron. What have you seen that you've fallen in love with? Well, how much time do we have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so going around last night um, and trying to see and pick out certain things 
that either unusual or something that really just sticks out because maybe it's something we don't get here. Sure. So, so it, it makes it that much more of an exotic thing, even though it's not an exotic thing. I saw a mini moke over here. There you go. <laughs> well, we, there was a couple Nissan SUVs here. One was a Patrol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't really get those here. We and one, don't. And one was a Safari, which is a bigger version of basically the Patrol. It's a four-door, you know, huge, kind of like a big uh, Land Cruiser kind of size, yeah. like Toyota Land Cruiser size. And that, that was was even a right-hand side drive. Oh, no which kidding. Which obviously wasn't sold here, being right-hand well, that, side. that sounds like JDM. It very much so. I mean, uh, I think the biggest markets for those was, was Japan and Australia. Yeah. And they're both right side, typically. The Patrol, however, was a left side drive, which I don't know where they sold those at to Europe? make it left side. Unless Europe, they maybe? sold them in, like, Mexico. Oh, could be. Which is right next door to us, which I don't know why we wouldn't get them. Well, but it doesn't matter. I thought they were really cool. Okay. As, as far as, like, the SUV kind of thing, because it's, like, something you don't see around here. Yeah. Uh, Car-wise. Sporty stuff. Woo. A lot of muscle here. Yeah. A lot of 70s and older muscle here. A lot of it. And as much as I was going to go around and find something I liked better than a Chevelle, I still picked out a Chevelle as my favorite car. Blue 69 Chevelle with white stripes. That was that was one of the possibilities. Okay. Uh, there, was also, there was also a silver one with some gray stripes. Okay. Gray racing stripes on it. I haven't seen that one that yet. That looked kind of clean. So that had kind of more of a, it was a, res, well, it was a minor resto mod. That's what I liked about it. It okay. had a crate engine. But it was still a carbureted engine. Well, what was the crate? I've done 100%. Sound like that that just started up? Oh, maybe. <laughs> um, but it did have a little bit, you know, like modern suspension, a little bit upgraded on the brakes. But it didn't, you know how a lot of them, they, they put the modern suspension on it and they like sit really low to the ground? Yeah. This still had a decent stance to it to where okay. it wasn't hugging the ground, but it wasn't, you know, you didn't have a giant wheel gap between the tires. And, oh, and that the rumble is a, is a third-gen Corvette driving by. It's a 73. There we go. Ooh, pretty. A lot of 454s here, uh-huh. Corvettes. Seen a, quite a few of those uh, in the third gen. So a lot of neat stuff. But I, I, I did go back to that Chevelle. My, I, I did a pick last night when we shot a video, and that was that was my, my uh, muscle car pick was the Chevelle. Well, we'll it was the look- 1970s, by We'll the way. be looking forward to seeing that on your YouTube channel, yes. Craving Cars. Yep. Now, Mr. Ossipik of Ossipik Automotive, who, again, very intrepidly keeps all of my garbage running. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's not call it garbage, but sometimes I wonder. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> what have you seen today? I know you're walking around with your son and you're both car guys. What have you seen that you've fallen in love with or thought was cool or unusual? Uh, what have you found? ton of unusual stuff, but uh, the one that caught my eye just kind of goes back to many years ago. Maybe should have bought one and didn't, but uh, a 70 Camaro. SS396 four-speed. You certainly have a chance here, sir. Uh, yeah, it's not sold yet. <laughs> but what, what co- I understand my wife sent my son down to keep an eye on me. And Well, I don't see him around <laughs> right now, so. Oh, he evaded him. Might be your opportunity. <laughs> can, means- I, can I buy it with this media pass then? Yeah, sure. Uh, take my name off that sucker. <laughs> what else have you found? Oh, did you see that 69 uh, Lincoln Ranch Arrow down there? Yes, I did. Wasn't that amazing? What happened there? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a answer to a question nobody asked? Or yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's an answer to a question that didn't need to be asked, and it's an answer that I can't imagine how it works. It is really odd looking the proportions on it seem very straight that is a long car and it's long from 
the bed forward and it's long from the bed back. It's just odd looking. And having it be multicolor on top of that, isn't that thing yellow and orange it's, and blue? It's got custom and, paint and custom interior. Yeah, well, I think they went a long way out. I didn't get a chance to look at the interior. Is it as wild as the outside of the car is? Absolutely. So since when does somebody need a Lincoln Ranchero? <laughs> I didn't notice if there was a sold sticker on it or not, but uh, time will tell. Well, there's a butt for every seat, isn't there? Absolutely. Anything you've seen here that is similar to your extensive collection? Uh, didn't see any GT40s or anything, so no. I I kind of like that car, and you just don't see that many of them at auction. So. No, you certainly don't. And that is a neat little car and a little bit of a terrifying little car. I've ridden in that, and uh, <laughs> for no farther than we went, it seems like something that would get you in a tremendous amount of trouble. It very well could. Well, the car weighs, what, 22, 2300 pounds? Right around that. And puts out around 500 horse, give or take? Right around that. Yes, it's uh, it's snappy, to say it, the least. It is. And I used to Goodness think that gracious. the wife's white Corvette, she had a white 92 Corvette convertible, and you think that's a small car until you said, see it next to the GT40, and it makes the Corvette look kind of fat and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have a T-shirt that it says if it... If it doesn't scare you, it doesn't have enough horsepower. Yeah, so. well, it, I your car is just <laughs> right on the verge of being terrifying, and uh, that's why I want one. <laughs> Everything's for sale. It is. Hey, you know, while your son's not around, you might want to run down and see where that 70 Camaro is, and maybe you can cut a deal on her. That would be cool. And what do you guys, is there anything that you want to watch go across the block just to see what it brings? Uh, there was a Hellcat Challenger over there that I bid on a couple. Then got pretty close and didn't buy one, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't need it anyway, I guess. Well, maybe. Again, need is more about passion than actual transportation, I think. How about you, Corey? There are a couple muscle cars of choice. Knowing me, you know, the Chevelle's one of them. There was a GTO here, a GTO wagon, actually, which was no kidding. amazing. That I don't see. I actually probably would have chose the wagon. That's got to be somebody's resto mod project. It, it was very clean, too. If if It wasn't highly modded, per se, so it still had, like, original interior, but it looked really good. I'm kind of, I'm just curious. Ballpark-wise, what are these cars kind of running around here? And uh, that's what just gives me the idea. There was actually a Jeep, a Jeep Wrangler uh, Rubicon. Yeah, a black one. Black one. They, they saw it earlier. The I limited, think they parked the it right over here. Limiteds. And I was just kind of curious what that was going for because you know me, I'm a Jeep guy too. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the TJ era from 9706 is still one of my more favorite body styles. And that's one of them, just the longer version of it is all. So. Yeah. So for Kansas City locals, Ossipic Automotive, 913-831-3613. How many times do you have to call your mechanic to know his phone number off the top of your head? Uh, yeah, I, I vouch that he was not reading anything. No, I know that number <laughs> off the top of my head, 5920 Merriam Lane. Thank you very much. And I appreciate that. And for everybody else, local and not, Craving Cars. At Craving Cars on YouTube. Make sure you check out Craving Cars on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram. Yep. Uh, gentlemen, thank you both. Corey, awesome. Daryl, yeah. good seeing you. It's always and a pleasure we'll to see again. you and Mark uh, and this guy right here. Because I might need a mechanic, I don't know. Yeah, well, say. he's the guy to know. Did you do Porsches too? He's got a Cayman yeah. S sitting in his parking lot right now. Yeah, that's what I have. 
There you go. There we are. We should talk. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate you. You're listening to Driven Radio Show, recorded live at Meekum Auctions in Kansas City on December 2nd, 2023. And we're back for more from Meekum Auctions Kansas City sale. Uh, I've been wandering around it, dude. I... I, I apologize to anybody who I drilled on your car. I am sincerely sorry because you've well, got beautiful you cars. Towel. I know. I should have Didn't wore, you take it with you? should have worn my car bib. What the hell, man? <laughs> the one yeah. that's got your little car knitted in. It's so car. good. And, and it's cool because we're sitting here uh, right where you walk in, and the Meekum stuff is behind us. And on the big screen, you can watch the auction live. So I'm going through my little book and then checking out the cars and going, mm, I, yeah, I can't if. see the screen from what I'm sitting, if. and I think that's a good idea. <laughs> Because I, I, I got to lots of stuff now. Yeah, you got some toys. I got speaking of too much toys. Uh, if you like to see other people's toys, you need to head over to the Kansas City Automotive Museum, and we have their executive director William Cook with us today. Hey, good afternoon, William. Guys. Welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, the uh, the museum is. Uh, We've been there, I can't tell you how many times. There's been so many of your uh, cars and coffees that I've gone to, so many. Oh, we are repeat offenders. Oh, yeah, and, and I go there with my camera out and just ka-ching, ka-ching, because so many wonderful vehicles, including, like, uh, when you have the, the oddballs. We, we like the oddballs and oddities. That, that is one of our favorite shows that we do, because there's a lot of times that you don't ever see those cars. Those guys never bring those out. One of my funniest pictures was a gentleman brought a car out, and it was more like an inner-city type car, and I forget the make and model. But we have this picture of him picking up the back end of the car, and there's this lady standing here <laughs> laughing at him uncontrollably. And I'm just like, that's what this car shows about. That sounds like you a know? peel. <laughs> Who knew? A peel P50? You yeah. can pick those up and move them around? <laughs> well, with the uh, museum itself, uh, it's been a great space to have in Olathe for quite a few years now. What are the plans? What's coming up? Because there's, uh, there's been some stuff in uh, cooking for quite a while. There has been. And we're actually almost to the point that we're ready to announce something. Probably, uh, say, mid-April is when we're going to be able to announce something. We've kind of gone through the process. You know, we've got 10,000 square feet in Olathe, which is great. But everything's really tight. And we do need more space because we both know the more you can display a car as a piece of art, you know, the more appreciation you get from people outside the car hobby. Right. And it's kind of hard to do sometimes with us. So we've kind of been running around. We've been looking at other buildings that may work as a good facility for us where we could rebrand them and everything like that. Right. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're almost to a decision as to what we're going to do. So, yeah, watch social media, watch our Facebook page, watch the website. Uh, may I ask, buying, building, leasing... No, you can't. It, 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 <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> look, at, look, at, look at Cook Dance. Man, where's my water? Somebody oh, give me crap. my yeah, Don't throw me these hard balls. I thought this was going to be a fun interview. All of a sudden, I feel like hey, I'm hey, in a Senate hey. hearing, you know. Come on. <laughs> and then on April 13th. Uh, new construction. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. So something bespoke, something built just for you. Exactly. And, Fantastic. And, and we think that that is going to blend very well with the community. You know, we want to be... In the inner city, if you will, that midtown area, because sure. we want to be the third spoke of World War One Museum and Union Station. I mean, oh, nice. Think about that. Yeah, that that's, makes a lot of sense. That's kind of where we need to be. And your existing building, I'm sure you will 
let me store all my stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I already have a facility where you can store whatever you need, and it's called the Underground. It's uh, first and Southwest traffic. Thank yeah. you for that softball. I appreciate that. So. <laughs> Tell us about that. Now, when you say it's underground, you mean it's, it's literally underground. What What's the history on the, on the space? Well, actually, if everybody's familiar in Kansas City, 31st and Southwest traffic way, on that northwest corner, you've got Fox 4 News, the WDAF antenna. And then on the northeast corner, you've got what was called the BMA building, and yeah. now it's called One Park Place. Well, when they built that, they built a second garage east of it, but never built the second tower. So the employees of BMA were using that as parking. And several years ago, that facility, the garage, we have an upper level, which is for outdoor events. We have B level, which the tenants of One Park Place use. And then on C and D level is where we store vehicles. That was very graciously donated to the museum. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what we've done is we've kind of turned that into our second museum space. I could walk you guys through there. We've taken 12 of the reader boards from Olathe to where I could walk through, tell you about the Winchester plant, the Country Club Plaza. And then each car also has its own individual reader board, too. And we've also partnered with Lumi Neon, and they've got a lot of their signs in there, too. So. We're offering classic vehicle storage there at the underground at 31st and Southwest Traffic. What so, a fantastic asset. And a little bit about the uh, the underground storage. Uh, what are some of the benefits of storing your vehicle there? I mean, you know, whether is it humidity-wise? Is it, you know, like controlled, climate-controlled but open? Describe it a little more uh, in-depth. Absolutely. Your, your wife doesn't know you own it? Shh. Hey, uh, there may be some of our residents in that case. So, you know, uh, for, for me, it was the fact that I was able to get a car out of one side of my garage. My wife could pull her cars in, hence uh, the need more room campaign. Way to save a marriage. Right well, what's happy wife, happy wife. Uh, side so. note, there's a guy walking by with a surfboard. A gloss black surfboard. That, I, may we remind everybody we're in Kansas City. We are 1,500 miles from the nearest ocean. I, that is, I was not expecting to see that. <laughs> Interesting. That's awesome. Interesting. So anyway, so yes, sir. Uh, the details, a little more in the weeds about the storage space itself and the benefits it has for people who collect cars. A- absolutely. So we're unique in the sense that uh, C and D level are secured separate from A and B. We've got a, a door that uh, Bobby Schumacher from VinFab actually constructed for us, which is a cutout of the Kansas City skyline. It is a piece of work, work of art in itself. Uh, we've upgraded to LED lighting. We've got humidity controls. We've got fans. We're adding some dust control to it. We have cameras. We have securities. And we've also partnered with One Park Place, and they've got somebody on guard 24 hours a day there watching our door on that one side. Nice. And it, it is just a very secure space. Like I said, I've got my car there. Uh, there's a lot of individuals in Kansas City whose names you would recognize that have vehicles with it. You know, and one one gentleman that really stuck out about a month and a half ago came in, and he'd had his cars at another facility here in town. And he goes, you know, he's got little kids. He goes, I, I can't really, where I'm at, bring my kids and let the kids walk around and look at the cars like at a Mecham auction, right? Because right. I, I see a lot of youth here, and it's great. I had one gentleman tell me, just think of this as a car show. And I'm like, yeah, you're so right. Yeah. So he goes, is it okay if I Saturday afternoon bring my kids in and we just walk around and look at the cars? We're like, absolutely. You're a resident of the underground. You're a member of the museum. You know, we just ask that you respect the other cars. You know, don't touch, don't lift covers and everything like that. Right. And so, yeah, they come in and they'll walk around 45 minutes to an hour and his kids just talking about the cars. And so what a wonderful opportunity to do that. 
and have that space. Now for the storage of the vehicles, is it, uh, it's just storage, right? Because like there's uh, our friends at the fuel house, uh, you can both store and work on. But in, in this aspect, we're talking straight storage, correct? Correct, It yes. keeps it very, very clean. Yes, it does, as a matter of fact. Yeah, we've got epoxy floors and everything like that. It just, it's really, really nice. Uh, you know, if you need to detail your car, we definitely allow you to do that. You know, if you need to service a tire or something simple like that, we do understand that. But I can't but, tear down my engine and transmission? Nah, what, what the hell? I know. Yeah, yeah watch yeah, me yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to weld in there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I'm staying Once. out of this. <laughs> holes everywhere. There's holes. <laughs> uh, Mark doesn't weld. He perforates. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I'm, okay. li- I'm like a laser beam. Of, so far. Of, so far. It's a nightmare. We, we might be able nightmare. to train. He, he, he can be taught. So what's coming up at the museum? What are some of our, in these next few months, as we head uh, through December and into January, into the new year? What is what your are, display this month? Yeah. As you, as we're sitting here speaking, we have partnered with the Lowrider Bike Club from Olathe High School, and they're bringing in their bikes, and he also has some connections within that community. And tomorrow we'll be loading in seven Lowriders from the Kansas City oh, community. Cool. Oh, it is fun. like one of the guys, look, I've restored cars, I've modified cars my whole life. And Monday mornings when the museum's closed, I go down there and walk around and look at those cars with my coffee. And I, I, I just, I marvel at the intricacies that these guys put Yeah, it's really too it. bad. I'm not, it's a shame you have to put up with that. <laughs> yeah, what a nightmare. <laughs> but we've, we've got that. What a burden. Yeah. <laughs> We're also going to see the Porsche Club early in the year. And we've also partnered uh, with Steve Garrett and the Corvette Club here in Kansas City. Oh. And for that display, Mr. Garrett has promised me that we will do numbers one through eight. Okay. We will have all of the progressions of the generations of Corvettes. Well, if you need help, I can bring one and two. (laughs) Mr. Garrett may be in contact (laughs) with you. Absolutely. I know, Steve. Yes, yes. (laughs) I mean, think about that. Now here's an opportunity for a regional museum like us in Olathe to have a display that is on the level of something you see at the National Corvette Museum in Bowling Green, right? So. July always sees military vehicles. That's one of our favorite displays that we do. I went through in that Did one. You? It was so fun looking at all the stuff. Oh, my God. Wasn't that great? And I, I love the barbed wire that the group did, too. It's made out of, what, elastic or something oh, like sure. that. Oh, sure. Is it really? You know? That's cool. Yeah. It's part display, part diorama. It is. It's really great. And one thing we're going to do new uh, this year is a Camaro display. We've done oh. Mustangs before. Uh, you know, Roscoe Yoder, who is our curator at Olathe, you know, he was asking for ideas. And I said, okay, well, let's think about doing, me being a Chevrolet guy, I said, let's think about doing a Camaro. He goes, well, that'll be real boring. We'll have like three cars in it. And I go, Roscoe, sit down for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Have you you lived in the heartland? Uh Exactly. (laughs) Have you seen how many Camaros are here today? Absolutely. Lots of Camaros, lots of Corvettes, a lot of Chevy muscle rolling around. Lots of Mopar muscle rolling around. And some really weirdo stuff. There's some oddball things out here, but that's what makes this fun. Makes oh, it entertaining. Without a doubt. What are some of the more unusual events that you have coming up uh, as we look into 2024? Yeah, when, when is our oddballs and oddities? Uh, uh, we've got that scheduled for June, if you okay. will. But uh, one thing that we're going to do a little out of the ordinary for us, typically we always had our fall fundraiser. Uh, Don Armacost graciously would allow us to use the Peterson to hold that. We've actually shifted it to April 27th of 2024, and it's called the Car Affair. So now dig this. We're going to take the upper deck of the underground, 
And if anybody's been there, you guys have for cars and coffee, if you stand on the north end of my deck, I have the same view of downtown that everybody shows when they show pictures of the Scout. So now imagine that at night. Oh, that would be cool. So we're going to split it. The first half, when you walk in, we're going to curate car displays uh, from the board, from our members, our volunteers, from friends of the museum. So you're going to be able to walk through an outdoor museum of the cars, as well as some of our sponsors. And then on the other half, we'll have a live stage. We've got a six-piece brass band that's going to be there. They'll be dancing, entertainment. Uh, the company we're working with for the food went so far as to name and curate each one of the hors d'oeuvres and entrees. Oh, cool. It, when we were looking at the guys take a side road here but we were looking at the three different quotes and we we're working with our event guy and we're looking at this one it was just plain this one and then the third one had named everything we're like okay well price is close we're going with this guy <laughs> well, they get it right yeah they, they put in the effort it. to yes. to give it show and that's along coming with flavor and that's coming up in april april 27th of 2024 yeah Be, uh, go to the car carfairkc.com and tickets are going to open up January 1. We'd love to have you guys come out and support us. Are you still doing cars and coffee through the winter or does that no. get to be kind of difficult? That That's one of the things. When I came on board, we had two of them at Olathe all year round. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, guys, you know, with the underground, we need to shift some of this up there because... Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, when we went to the, to the first Saturday at the underground and the third at Olathe, that was great because all of a sudden I started seeing the Gladstone guys, the KCK guys, yeah. the Smithville guys, because they're not coming out to Johnson County. Yeah, it's a long drive. Well, yeah. it is without That's a fair. doubt. So, you know, we did that for the first year in the winter. And, you know, hey, we live in the Midwest. The problem is in December, you know, you have four guys show up. So And it's cold. It is. <laughs> so we noticed that our friends at the Fuel House, when they set up their cars and coffee, they graciously did it the second Saturday not to conflict with ours. Yeah. And uh, so what I did is I noticed, too, that they went from April to October. So that's what we did this yeah. last year. And it's worked out great, right? I mean, it kind of gives everybody a chance to work on their stuff and get out and be ready. So, yeah. I'm thrilled that you're going to have a bigger facility and you've got the underground and there's so much more space. I'm a little crestfallen that... You're moving away from Olathe, which is where we live. Yeah, I mean, it was such a short drive. <laughs> Damn, man. I, I used to be close enough the Corvette didn't even get warm by the time I was there. William, the world spins around us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Haven't you noticed the axis of the planet yeah, goes through the top of my head? <laughs> and don't worry, guys. You're, the, you're not the first one to tell me that. You know, and we're like, yeah, but. You know, it hey. was one of the cooler parts of living in Olathe. We had that great museum there. Absolutely. Well, and we've enjoyed our time in Johnson County. And oh, sure. But, you know, as, as we try to branch out the museum, we've got to kind of figure out a way to involve the rest of Kansas City. With oh, yeah. Us. And, you know, I, it, just a story for you guys. I mean, my job is to hook anybody on cars, right? I mean, right. we each have our story. So when I was a little kid running around five years old, my dad ran around with the Weld Brothers. Okay, so oh, it, weld wheels. Exactly. Yeah. So oh, it was, my gosh. It was real common Friday and Saturday nights. We'd be with them over at Memorial Stadium, and I'd be in the pits just running around. And I can vividly to this day as I'm sitting here looking at you guys, remember when one of them came back from a race and said, Hey, Billy, do you want to sit in the car and pick me up and set me in a sprint car? There's that whole ethereal sensation. Oh, yeah. The fumes, the smell, the heat, just that visceral thing that sets into you. So. I joke with everybody. Well, that, that's sensory overload. Well, that's when it got thrown in my DNA. Granted, yep. our family car was a 1955 Chevrolet Nomad that had a Corvette engine in it. My oh. dad's hot rod was a 47 Ford Coupe with an Olds engine yeah. back from 
the post-Korea hot rod days uh-huh. in Oklahoma City. So, you know, I, you know, I've got my Shelby Cobra replica. And when we're at car shows, that's the thing. If a kid comes up and says, hey, oh, this Stick is so. Stick him in the car. Dude, I'm the first Stick one to open the, the door, close it. And it's funny to watch those kids kind of sit back and you know, kind of shrunk back in the seat. And I'm like, no, nah, dude, give me your phone and put your hands on the wheel like you're yeah. driving. And Let's it, get a picture of you. Seriously. You that know, is so awesome. You, we have to do that. And uh, Well, we, how else are you going to get them involved, keep them involved, and make sure they don't buy electric cars? Well, you know, my and my dad was the one that infected me with my horrible taste because, uh, you know, that 79 LeBaron. Jesus. Well, what a hot mess that was. Yeah, when I was a little kid, my dad drove me around in a 72 Fathom green Corvette ragtop, which explains a ton yeah. about how I am now. We get it now. You know, there's another story, and that's what's so great about our car community. The drive-in displays we have are friends of the museum who bring in their cars and let us borrow them for a month. So Brian Huff from the Huff Group in Overland Park. I know Brian. He's got a wonderful collection. So yes, he does. He loaned us the Jaguar XJ220. Okay, he loaned us that for one month. And on the Saturday when Roscoe was rotating cars out, Brian was there, and three young men, teenagers, came up, and they're just talking about it, just, you know, because it's like seeing a McLaren P1. I mean, yeah. you just don't see them very often. And Brian was standing over there and kind of walked up and said, oh, hey, uh, you guys got time to go for a ride. And Brian hung around and gave each one of those young men a ride around the neighborhood oh, yeah. in a 220. Oh, guys, dude, these are fun for us. You know, we get a charge out of it. But at the end of the day, it's our ability to share that with the community yeah. and, and share our love of the vehicle and the history of Kansas City. So. Amen. Amen. Um, tell us about volunteer opportunities. What can we do if we want to just, you know, come out and help for a day or a few days or however much you need? How does that work? Absolutely. I would just ask that you stop by the museum when we're open. We have a volunteer application. You'll fill that out. You can put your areas of interest. We have some volunteers that only help with the great car show in July at World War One. Yes. That's what they do. We've got one gentleman, and all he does is lays out the field for us where the cars and the flags go. It's perfect. I have other gentlemen that like to get on the rotation where they actually work the museum, giving tours, working the gift shop. And uh, we recently have started allowing volunteers to help Scott at the underground with some of the other duties that need to be done with a facility of that size. So, yeah, we'll, let, we'll put you to work for as much as you want to work or as little as you much work. And we would love to have them reach out. There you go, pal. Us. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> believe me, uh, this is all going right into the head. I'm like, okay, finally, I can fill some extra time with a, that dog will hunt. Cammy, I had to work late again tonight. Yeah, uh, sorry. On the weekend. Uh, I, I'm not going to be around much. I'm doing my volunteer work because I'm a good person. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I thought you were feeding the homeless. I am. My homeless urge yeah. to have work on. Feeding homeless cars, uh, taking care of the orphans. <laughs> well, one of the things we've started doing with the drive-in is we move the cars out on Saturday and then move them in on Sunday. So that has afforded us the ability to use that space for events. So we actually had a daddy-daughter dance there over the summer, and we had some of the volunteers came in and helped, and everything like that was set up and clean up and everything like that. So, yeah, I'll I'll find something for you to do. (laughs) (laughs) Funny how that works. Isn't that amazing? You might might even learn something. (laughs) So currently uh, currently in the museum, What's what's your favorite vehicle? What's the one that you you look at and go, I can't believe we've got this here? That would be a 2016 Ford GT and Gulf livery. Really? It is, it is on loan from one of our good friends. Gulf livery. 
There we go. It's on <laughs> it's on one on loan from one of our good friends in the community. Yep. I think I've seen that too. Walked by and just gone, oh my god, that is so low slung and beautiful. I got to drive one of those a few years ago in really? 2019. And uh, this is courtesy of Scott Black, who runs Timepiece Management. He does work for Ford and Barrett Jackson. And I drove it with a Joey Hand riding shotgun. He had a class win and a, and a GT at Le Mans. And this is right before the 8th Gen Corvette came out. He and I are driving around Las Vegas on a Friday morning. Or it's a Friday morning. And if you've ever been in Vegas and been up early in the morning, it looks like a ghost town. There's nobody out. Trucks delivering stuff, that's it. You kind of expect to see a tumbleweed coming down the street. <laughs> Joey and I are at a stoplight waiting to turn back onto Las Vegas Boulevard. And Joey's a car guy. In addition to being a really nice guy, he's a car guy. Not all car racers are. And we're talking about his collection and a pre-production C8 Corvette mule shoots through the light, and he and I are both losing it over that pre-production Corvette. And, and the surreality kind of sits in, I'm in somebody else's $700,000 car <laughs> with a guy who won a Le Mans, and we're both losing it over a Corvette that hasn't been built yet. <laughs> it was... It was a little odd. Fun car to drive, but the, the whole experience was just almost Twilight Zone. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What a wonderful moment. What so, wonderful yeah, moment. real interesting. Again, I have to st- thank Scott Black for that. It's all his fault. <laughs> and also uh, Cash Singh, who at, the time was also, who at the time was working for Ford as part of their enthusiast program. Cash now works for Shelby in Las Vegas. But uh, really, really cool deal. Four years ago, I'm still thanking him for it. Isn't that true? Yeah. And with the Kansas City Automotive Museum, uh, do you do private events? Can people uh, work with you guys to do a private event or even to do private tours? Absolutely. We would love opportunities for either one. Uh, Carmen Landreth is who you would contact at the museum. She could set you up for doing the event. Uh, we did a six-year-old's birthday party. We've done a 70-year-old's birthday party in there back in the car club corner. And uh, we'll close the museum down for the event. We've had some corporate events. They use the boardroom upstairs. So, yeah, we would love to ex- explore anything anybody's interested in. Yeah. And uh, if you're in Olathe or around in Joko, do it now. Yeah, so do it soon while they're still there. I'm a little whiny about that. I'm uh, a little yeah, butthurt. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're going to be downtown next to other cool museums. Yeah, and it'll be, it'll be, there'll even be more to look at. And, so. we'll, and we'll have to get on the highway to go do it. Oh, there's your yellow Corvette, by the yeah, way. I know, the yellow Corvette with the red interior. Ronald McDonald's waiting to bid on that one. <laughs> so, William, tell us, uh, give us all the, the links and stuff to be able to get hold of the Kansas City Automotive Museum and to work out some of the uh, stuff to either volunteer yeah. or... Or get goodies. Where can we find you online? Where can we find you on social media? Yeah, just check out our Facebook page. We've got a wonderful presence there. We update it daily with the events coming up. Uh, like I said, the Car Affair our fundraiser, April 27th, is caraffairkc.com. Uh, the number for the museum is 913-322-4227. And our website is www.kansascityauto museum.com and we're at 15095 west 116th in beautiful Olathe, Kansas. Thank you, William, for being with us. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it so much. 
Hey, this is Mark, and I just wanted to say thank you to Dave Morton and the entire crew at Meekum Auctions who welcomed us in, let us do our thing, and didn't point and laugh too much as we got goggle-eyed at some of the gorgeous vehicles that crossed our path. Also, a big thank you to every guest who took time out of their day to come talk to us while they looked at awesome cars, too. We cannot wait till the next one. Thank you for listening, and thanks for taking the time to be here with us. We couldn't do it without you. We'll see you next time right here on Driven Radio Show. 